The tasty non-alcoholic beverage I'm drinking right now is Grain Wave by Seria Brewing. It has a nice golden color, and when you take a sniff, you'll get hints of orange and light spices. And when you take a drink, you'll notice it's a medium-bodied brew and has a taste of blood orange peel, coriander, and some wheat with a nice clean finish. It's extremely refreshing and perfect after a hike or on a hot summer's day. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with Keith Villa, co-founder of Seria Brewing Company. Seria is a family-owned business started by Keith and his wife Jody in 2018 and is one of the leading non-alcoholic beer companies in the United States. Keith has a PhD in brewing from the University of Brussels and is the creator of a beer you totally know, Blue Moon, which is the most successful craft beer in the United States. I'm excited for you to hear Keith's journey and learn about the delicious non-alcoholic beers Seria is making, as well as details on the science of creating great tasting NA beers. Thank you so much for joining us today. After retiring from brewing nationally renowned craft beers, Keith Villa was eager for a new challenge, and this is why he and his wife founded Seria Brewing. They wanted to create great tasting non-alcoholic beers so that no matter why you choose not to drink alcohol, you can still enjoy a great tasting brew. In this episode, we get into where the idea for Seria came from, including the name, which comes from the Roman goddess of agriculture, the science behind making great tasting non-alcoholic beer, how the non-alcoholic beer industry is one of the most innovative in the world, what are the ways they are looking to get more non-alcoholic beverages into stores, restaurants, and bars, and future plans for releasing new beers and other beverages. Hi, Keith. Welcome to the For All Drinks podcast. Hi, Marcos. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to chat with you today because you have a really interesting story because before Seria, you built an extremely successful beer brand and then transitioned into a non-alcoholic beer company. And one of the things that I really like about what you're doing is you all are pushing the envelope when it comes to what non-alcoholic beer could be. So I'm very excited to, to dive into everything Seria. Yeah, yeah. I think we come at the non-alcoholic beer category from a completely different angle because I, I did uh, launch the, the most successful craft beer in the United States. And I have a PhD in brewing from the University of Brussels in Belgium. So I'm, I'm one of a handful of people in the world that actually has a PhD in brewing. So I come at brewing from a scientific angle and from an artistic angle so that I really want to make beers that people enjoy that happen to have no alcohol. I love it. I love it. So let's just go ahead and dive in. So where did the idea of Syria come from? For your listeners that may not know, I, I created Blue Moon Brewing Company back in 1995. Prior to that, I, I was going to become a pediatrician working with sick kids. And I happened to find out that I could become a beer doctor instead of a people doctor. And so I, I love it. I went to Belgium, got my PhD, came back, started Blue Moon. And after a, a successful 31, 32-year career, I retired from Blue Moon. And my wife and I looked out and we said, the trends out there really show that people are starting to become more cognizant of their health. And a lot of people are starting to experiment with being sober curious and not wanting alcohol to run their lives for the weekend and then wake up the next morning with a terrible headache and a hangover and really trying to enjoy life without alcohol. That's what we saw. And so we said, let's see if we can start a, a company without alcohol 
And at that time, this was 2018, we also decided we wanted to, to get into the local cannabis market in Colorado since it was legal, uh, 100% legal in our state. And so the first thing we found out was that you cannot mix alcohol with cannabis. And so we decided right then to make sure that Seria would never make any alcoholic products. We had to make non-alcoholic. And we immediately saw there were three hurdles that we had to overcome. Number one, we had to make a great tasting non-alcoholic beer. That was, for us, that was just price of entry. It had to be a great tasting non-alcoholic beer. Or for us, we consider it beer that tastes great, that happens to have no alcohol. We, we don't ever want to have an excuse for being non-alcoholic. It, it is beer. It just happens to have no alcohol. So that was the first uh, obstacle. Second obstacle was to create a brand. Because having created Blue Moon, I understood how powerful a brand is. And, and I don't care if people are talking about the car they drive, they want to drive, their dream car they want to drive, the pair of jeans they're wearing, the glasses they're wearing. People want uh, a brand that they trust. Maybe not necessarily the highest end jeans that are Gucci, maybe jeans that they trust that will fit them well and that are very comfortable and that they trust. Same with beer that happens to have no alcohol. People want a great tasting product that they trust. So we decided to create a brand in Seria. And, and that's the, the really big thing is create a nice, powerful brand that people trust. And then the last thing for us was really to create a business plan to get it out there to, to as many people as possible. So we put a team together and we feel we've got the right team, the right brand, and, uh, and the right beer to offer people in the United States who, who want to see what else is out there in addition to alcoholic drinks. Yeah. And, and I think you said a couple things that were really important is that we were talking a little bit before the interview that there had not been a lot of innovation in the uh, non-alcoholic beer space for a long time. You were one of the main drivers of craft beer in the alcoholic space. And I'll be honest, Blue Moon used to be one of my go-to beers. I think the first, I remember as talking with you, I'm remembering the exact bar that I tasted it for the first time. And I have this memory of just, wow, and then putting an orange in it and it just being the perfect summer beer. But similar to what you shared now, alcohol doesn't agree with me. I want to live a much healthier lifestyle. And now there's options like your beer that provides people the opportunity to have a great tasting beer. It just doesn't happen to have alcohol. That, that's it exactly. When I created Blue Moon, I, I created the orange slice garnish, the iconic glass, everything and put it out there. And it's funny because back then it was ahead of its time. People had to discover it because people were used to drinking regular beers. And when they saw this new Belgian style cloudy beer with an orange on it and everything, uh, a lot of people were at first afraid of it. And then they went from being afraid to falling in love with it and then recommending it to their friends. And so we're pretty much doing the same type of strategy now, being innovative in the non-alcoholic uh, beer world, coming out with great tasting beers that happen to not have alcohol. And people at first, I think, are a little confused because they're saying, I've never tasted a good tasting non-alcoholic beer. So they go from being confused to actually tasting it, falling in love with it, and then recommending it to their friends. And, and for us, the discovery of great tasting beers, I think, is part of the, the allure of this whole category because there are some really fantastic beers out there. And then I won't say there's bad beers out there. <laughs> what I always say is they're just overpriced. 
I hear that. I totally hear that. So I, I, I love that you have a PhD in brewing. So what's been the new process and challenges of coming up with a non-alcoholic beverage versus the beverage? Have you had to develop new um, systems and other elements in order to cre uh, create a great tasting non-alcoholic beverage? There really are several ways that a brewer can incorporate to make non-alcoholic beers. And, and in fact, the, the Brewers Association, which is the, the headquarters of craft brewing, is located here in Colorado, basically up the highway from, from where I live. They asked me to write an article on the different ways that brewers can make craft non-alcoholic beer. So I, I wrote an article earlier this year, and it was published in the, it was called the New Brewer Magazine, which is really, it's geared toward professional brewers. And, and it, what I wanted to do was really show the ways that people can make beer. And there are several ways. The easiest and the cheapest way is to use what's called arrested fermentation, where you set everything up like a regular fermentation to make regular beer, alcoholic beer, and then you stop it prematurely and remove all that yeast. And there's a little bit of residual alcohol there, and then you sell it. The issue there is that there's some residual sweetness from the wort sugars, the beer sugars that haven't fermented. So that's one of the drawbacks with that strategy. Another strategy involves using special yeasts that do not ferment alcohol or ferment uh, glucose or maltose and turn it into alcohol. And so brewers can use those yeasts, but but there are some unique flavors there that the yeast make. And, and there is a little bit of alcohol there, less than 0.5, luckily. And then there are a couple of mechanical ways you can make non-alcoholic beer. One is vacuum distillation, and the other one is called reverse osmosis. And they both have their pros and cons, as do the other ways. And uh, we've chosen to use uh, vacuum distillation because it is a uh, state-of-the-art way of making non-alcoholic beer. Because you first make your fully alcoholic beer, and then you use uh, gentle heating to remove the alcohol and you get all that alcohol out of there and you have a, a great tasting beer with a lot of flavor. And it really is, a, a for us, a distinction because we are one of the few beers out there that's not just non-alcoholic, but alcohol-free. We're zero-zero. And that's another distinction that people don't or aren't familiar with is they see the terms thrown around quite a bit, non-alcoholic and alcohol-free, and they assume it's the same thing. But And even in Europe, they call a lot of beers alcohol-free. But in the United States, to be labeled alcohol-free, you have to have 0, 0.0 alcohol, none. To gotcha. be labeled non-alcoholic, it has to be less than 0.5%. So our beer has 10 times less alcohol than not regular non-alcoholic beer. And when you make it uh, taste really good, that's the trick. And that's the difficult part is to make a, an alcohol-free beer taste like beer. And I guess the other thing is in Europe, some of the imports we're seeing in the States here that come from Europe, they're labeled as alcohol free, but you look at it and they're less than 0.5%. So they might have 0.3, 0.4, but the American beers have to be zero, zero to be labeled alcohol free. And if eventually that education will come. 
Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure a lot of our listeners didn't know that. And that's an important decision point. I know a number of people that that may not necessarily matter. And I think for those that are looking or exploring their relationship with alcohol or are in recovery and want absolutely no alcohol, it's important to have those distinctions because I know a lot of the successful non-alcoholic beers they call them themselves non-alcoholic, but they're usually 0.5 or less. And there's only a few that are 0.0. So I'm totally excited and impressed because of how great your beer tastes at 0.0. Yeah, in our current labels, they say less than 0.5, but the beer itself is 0.0. If you, if you analyze it, you'll see that it's it's 0.0. Sometimes it may come in at 0.01, but it's for all intents and purposes, it has uh, no alcohol and, and has much less, usually about 10 times less alcohol than a ripe banana. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, ripe fruit. That's another thing a lot of people don't realize is ripe fruit, overripe fruit has alcohol in it. Whether you're talking a, a ripe banana, a ripe apple, there's natural alcohol there and our beers have less alcohol than ripe fruit. Yeah. And so you pointed out these kind of three elements in this first element being creating a great tasting beverage. And I think the other element, which is hugely important is having a great brand and then creating trust amongst your customers. So where did the name and the brand come from? How did you develop that? What we decided to do was on our cans, which is the name Seria, and, and Seria really comes from uh, Ceres, the Roman goddess of agriculture. She was the one that the Romans thought really led the farmers to plant at the right times and have incredible crops and everything. So Ceres was, was the Roman goddess of agriculture. And we thought, what better person to have adorning our label than her? And so she adorns our label. And also Seria, the the name Seria, it's it's derived from her, but also it's the name of the campus in Belgium where I received my PhD in brewing. So the Seria campus, it stands for the, the Center for Teaching and Research in the Food Industries. So it's, it's a French acronym. And we really tried to create a look and feel of our brand that uh, talks about beer so that people are familiar with it. They see it and they see, oh, it looks like a beer. But it's something unique also. And and we want to give people something that they can trust. And I, I don't care if people are talking about jeans, if they're talking about uh, a car, if they're talking about clothing, glasses, whatever it is, even food. They look for brands they trust because they've experienced both good and bad times with brands. And they know that there's some brands out there that they really trust and they really like, and those brands won't let them down. And so uh, we want Seria to be one of those brands that, that never lets our customers down. Absolutely. And can you share a little bit about that third pillar, which is what is launching been like in this non-alcoholic beer space and beverage space? I know in the US, it's still emerging and other parts of the world, it's a little more established. So how is the, the response been in terms of launching and in terms of growth? Of course, this year has, is an exceptional year because of COVID. <laughs> it really threw a wrench into everybody's business here, and we're no different. It was tough because this was the year that we were going to really push out and launch Seria throughout the United States. And of course, with COVID, that put a halt to all of our plans. And we had to wait for for the, I guess, just for the summer to pass, for people to feel a little more comfortable about going out and, uh, and buying non-alcoholic beers. Because... As you may have experienced, and a lot of your listeners probably experienced, people went, they really hunkered down during the crisis, the peak of the crisis. And I shouldn't say 
that we're out of it yet because uh, we, we aren't, but at least we've passed that peak if you look at numbers. And during the peak, people hunkered down and they bought products that were branded in ways that were familiar and comforting to them. And so a lot of people didn't go after new products. They, want, they wanted things that they trusted. And, uh, and we saw uh, just a huge increase in sales for those brands that have been in the market for years and years. New brands were almost shunned because people just wanted to, to hunker down and feel safe. So now that people are starting to come out more and, and interact a little bit and just uh, explore a little more, now we can actually start getting our products out there. And we have, we've been starting on the East Coast and working our way West. And it's, yeah, it's been a lot of work, but a lot of fun. It's still tough to get our beer out there. We're available in uh, total wine stores throughout the United States and online direct to customers. We're, we're available through the nacraftbeverages.com site and at, at leading, I guess, beer suppliers in the United States. But what we want to do is really get into all the places where alcoholic products are available. And because for us, it's it's a lifestyle. It's, it's not just a fad that's going to go away. It's a whole new lifestyle. And we want to make sure we're there alongside alcoholic products because there's always going to be a need for great tasting, non-alcoholic beers and and non-alcoholic beverages but for us it's about being adult non-alcoholic beverages so that people can socialize and have fun and not feel guilty about drinking a non-alcoholic beer and and not having to gulp down something they don't like the taste of because nobody should have to drink something that they they have to choke down they should enjoy it and really display it proudly because again it's a lifestyle in fact you should never be embarrassed about drinking something non-alcoholic Absolutely. I think you point out a couple of things. One, life is too short to be drinking bad tasting beverages, as well as those that are unhealthy, which are typical non-alcoholic beverages, could be sugary drinks, sugary soda, or just something that doesn't have a lot of complexity. And I think that's what you and, and so many of these emerging non-alcoholic brands are doing. They're creating opportunities for people to have a great time while enjoying a tasty beverage. So really creating the movement for social drinking for all. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Because again, I, I go back to the people, my, my stepfather was an alcoholic. I, I, want, I always want to say recovered alcoholic, but he told me numerous times, you're never recovered as an alcoholic. You're always an alcoholic. It's just that you have control of it. He hadn't had a drink for, gosh, he was maybe 30 years. So he really was good at controlling it. And he, he was one of the ones who would drink Usually a soda or something like that, because there, there, when he was alive, there really weren't a lot of choices. He had to drink soda or, or carbonated water or grape juice or something like that. And I know he, in the minds of people who, who have control of alcoholism, there are some who never want to taste anything that tastes like a drink that got them into trouble. And yet there are others who want that taste, but they don't want the effects of alcohol. I'm no expert in alcoholism, but the people I've talked to, it seems like those are the groups, the ones who never, ever want to get involved with anything that tastes like the thing that lost the important things in their lives. And then the other group that has control of it, and now that they've got control of it, 
they want to taste uh, the taste of a great tasting beer that has no alcohol. So yeah, so it's it's fascinating to talk, to talk to people that have turned themselves around, their lives around, and now are in control. And we, we're proud to be there with them, offering products that have no alcohol that they can enjoy with friends. Yeah. And supporting their lifestyle choices, healthy lifestyle choices that they're making, whether they are not wanting to engage with alcohol because it may have had a, a bad or destructive aspect of their life. Maybe they're sober curious and they want to just, they're in that beginning stages of reevaluating their relationship with alcohol. And those that are wanting to make just healthier decisions and live healthier and not have those negative side effects of alcohol, you provide all of those options by providing a great tasting beer. So one of the things that I want to kind of transition to is since you have so much experience about building an extremely successful beverage company and relationships and understanding the distribution networks, et cetera, how has the response been to your non-alcoholic beer when it comes to restaurants, when it comes to bars, when it comes to stores? You mentioned that Total Wine carries it and they're a big distributor, but what about some of the grocery stores? What have been, what's been the response and some of the challenges? The first chain we're, we're about to go in is up in New York, New Jersey, and they love it. <laughs> I guess the first thing is when people taste our beers, they, they taste it and they say, wow, I can't believe that doesn't have alcohol. It tastes like a regular beer. And so that to us is music to our ears. And in fact, there are some people who taste it and they say, they have the opposite experience. They say, there's nothing special. It tastes like a regular beer, <laughs> which, which makes, again, is music to our ears because it's that's what we want. So yeah, for us, that's the first thing is people taste it and they say, wow, it tastes like a regular beer. And so we say, yes. And, and then they get it and they say, okay, where should we put this? And all of us have been to the store where we've seen the non-alcoholic shelf. And I, I would say in the last couple of years, there haven't been very many choices on that shelf. And in fact, some stores you walk in and you blow the dust off because nobody shops that. Nowadays, you're seeing more and more variety on that shelf. And in fact, you're seeing multiple shelves. There are some stores, that's one reason we went with Total Wine at the very beginning to launch our product is because they really got into it. Uh, most of their stores have really nice displays of non-alcoholic products and they really showcase it. And I think with them doing it, other chains are going to start to do that too, so that we have people stores, retailers actually showing off and being proud of their non-alcoholic offerings. Because again, those shouldn't be stuck in the back, hiding from everything. As somebody who wants non-alcoholic beer, you, you don't want to have to go searching for it. You want to look up and, and see the big sign out there that says non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic craft beer, whatever it is, you want to go right there. You don't want to have to stop and ask the, the salesperson, where's your non-alcoholic beer? And, and in fact, when you do that, some of them, they almost whisper because they're almost embarrassed because in a crowded situation, in a big liquor store, some of these salespeople, they think it's almost a handicap to say non-alcoholic beer. And it's and that's why I think this push that you're doing is so important to get people to be proud of this category. It's not something that we should be ashamed of or embarrassed of. If you want a non-alcoholic beverage, by all means, you should be able to, to call it out and people should say, oh, yeah, it's right there. You shouldn't have to whisper it to the, the, the store person and they say, oh, it's over on nine, nine right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like IPA. People aren't ashamed of IPA. If they want an IPA, they say, oh, the shelves over there, we have uh, 40 different IPAs. Go for it to your heart's content. That's the way it should be with NA Beverages. 
And are you seeing restaurants in bars being open to this? Do they need a little more education? Is that in your plans in the future? Those are definitely in our plans in the future. Right now, I think uh, they do need some education because so many bars and restaurants have made their living on selling alcohol. Alcohol has been the main driver of their profits. And then having great food is just the price of entry. You've got to have great food. Mm -hmm. And then when you offer alcohol, it's that really gets the profits going for most restaurants and bars. But I think they're starting to see that people will spend money on great tasting non-alcoholic beverages because these go well with food. Our beers go well with food. Our Grain Wave right here, it tastes like a Belgian white beer and it goes well with seafood, chicken, white meat. You could pair it up nicely with any of those dishes because it's a Belgian style beer that happens to not have alcohol. So I think now people are starting to see that is especially in the, the retail section, bars, restaurants, that beers can go well with food. And I think the future is wide open for those that actually bring in a good selection of non-alcoholic products and in a restaurant situation, pair it up with food and say, hey, instead of that alcoholic Chardonnay wine, why don't you try this non-alcoholic wine or even these non-alcoholic beers with that food? Because these go really well. And, And in a bar situation, bring people in and you could just keep serving them beer after beer and and they're not going to get drunk with non-alcoholic beer. They will stay responsible. They'll stay sober and those uh, retailers can keep selling it to them without risking a lawsuit because if they keep serving whiskey shots or wine, those people are going to get drunk and, and then somebody has to call an Uber or a Lyft or you have to the, the bar owner has to be responsible. Otherwise, they will get sued. And whereas with products like ours, hey, just serve to your heart's content and, and your customer will keep buying and keep drinking and the bar owner will make money. The customers will be happy. They'll socialize. They'll stay there. They may order some food to wash down with the beverages and they'll stay socializing and have a lot of fun. So I argue that in the future, bartenders and restaurant owners are going to be pushing non-alcoholic beers because it almost eliminates lawsuits and it keeps people there socializing and it increases their their profit margin too. Absolutely. You pointed out something very fascinating and interesting about that is that, yes, you're right. Restaurants make their largest profit margin on alcohol. And I think there's two elements. One, educating that there's great tasting non-alcoholic beverages available that they could serve. But the second is that I think there's a little bit of education on the consumer side because I think a lot of consumers are so used to non-alcoholic beverages being cheap wine that tastes like grape juice for or very cheap for duels or something that's a low-cost non-alcoholic beverage that doesn't necessarily taste that great compared to what you and others are doing. And the reality is you all are creating craft beverages that take a lot of time and energy and there's complexity to that taste and Uh, There's a price element to as well because it costs money to do that. And I think we have to remove from the consumer's mindset that alcohol equals value. And the more alcohol, the more value there is and how much you could charge more. So if you're paying five to six dollars for a non-alcoholic beverage um, that tastes good, it's because there's complexity and it takes time and energy and, and money to produce that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. For us, the equipment to remove alcohol is very expensive because it's state-of-the-art equipment that keeps the flavor in 
while removing all of the alcohol. And at this point in time, all that alcohol we removed just goes right down the drain. Although we did capture a little bit to make hand sanitizer during the crisis, there are some good uses for it. So right now, though, it's going to go down the drain. We'll keep the beer, the great tasting beer, and it's expensive to make, like you said. And people, I think, will appreciate the fact that a great tasting product is worth more uh, because it, is, it has higher quality. It tastes better. And again, I always go back to, the, to my point of view is there's no such thing as a bad tasting non-alcoholic beer. It's just overpriced. <laughs> Yes, I think you, that's a great way of saying it. And and I think the other educational piece for restaurants and bars is that they still can make a profit if they carry these because they are serving good beverages. And then it's also going to open up the opportunity for people that maybe normally wouldn't think about going to their restaurant because they may not necessarily have something good to drink, or that might be a reason why they go because someone's seeking out non-alcoholic beverages and good food and it, they may end up creating some really loyal customers. Oh, definitely. Because I think people, as consumers, they shop where they're treated nicely. And if the restaurant owner really has that foresight to bring in great tasting non-alcoholic beverages, and if the customer's start drinking and saying, oh, these non-alcoholic beers really taste great. And they go well with the fajitas or, or with whatever food they go to the restaurant for. They're going to have, the restaurant is going to have customers that just keep coming back. They're going to have loyal customers. And when you have loyal customers, that's when you have a brand that, that people trust. And I go back to brand because brands are so important. Even the brand of Marcos, your brand, is, is critical because people know what you stand for. They, they can trust you. When you say something, they trust what you say. And the restaurant, its brand is becomes more trustworthy. The customers will become more loyal. And that brand of a restaurant will increase their profit margin. So Absolutely. for us, it's all about branding. And because that, that's where customers become loyal and they become trusting of that brand to not let them down. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have coming up in the future? Do you have any other new types of beverages that you all are releasing? And what does that process look like in terms of creating new beers? Well, for us right now, we've got our Belgian style white, which is, it's, it's a Belgian style white. It's the typical ones you see out there, Blue Moon and, and so forth. Although ours has no alcohol. You can garnish ours with an orange if, if you want. You can go out and drink socially with it and have fun with it. It just doesn't have alcohol. So that's one of our products. The other is a, a West Coast style IPA. It's unique because most IPAs out there are dry hopped with the typical hops that we smell in an IPA. And some of those hops are called Citra. That's one variety that has that typical IPA aroma. Another one is called Cascade. And we certainly use those in our, our IPA. But we also use a lot of a, a unique hop called Amarillo. And Amarillo hop is one that gives a real intense orange-like aroma. It's, it's hops, but it's orangey, like a citrusy orange. And, and I guess you, you can guess by now that I love oranges <laughs> because our, our yeah. Belgian, uh, Belgian white here, it's, it's uh, brewed with uh, blood orange peel and Valencia orange peel. And, and you really smell the orange character. And our IPA has a uh, citrusy orange character. And then as far as new products, during my brewing career at Blue Moon, I created a lot of different beers over the years. Everything from the first nationally available pumpkin beer to extreme beers brewed with peanut butter, beers brewed 
brewed with spices, herbs, fruits, you name it, and I've brewed with it. So for me, in the future, I'd like to bring some of those to the non-alcoholic beer category because right, right now I'm seeing just a, a need for just great tasting basic beers like our Belgian white and like IPA because those aren't really in the market or in the marketplace, but there aren't very many examples of them for consumers to choose from. There are just, you know, a handful. Whereas if you look at the, the alcoholic market, you'll, you won't see a handful of IPAs. You'll see hundreds out there. And Belgian whites, again, you'll see hundreds. That's why we're focusing on just the, the, the basic styles right now so that people can know what they're getting and uh, have some fun. And one thing I should say is before people start rolling out a lot of great tasting flavors of NA, one thing I should caution your listeners of is be careful if you buy flavorings to put into a beer to flavor it. Because I was reading on Facebook, I think yesterday or the day before, a lady was buying a regular beer. I should just say it was O'Doul's, which is a nice basic American non-alcoholic lager. And she was flavoring it with, I think it was like pumpkin pie spice flavor to, to get a nice uh, fall flavor in there. And the flavoring actually has 83% alcohol by volume. And there's even a warning label on the, the flavor that says, do not pour near open flames. So in essence, what you're doing is you're putting those drops in there to flavor your beer and, and you're almost putting a shot of alcohol in there. And for those people that, that are avoiding alcohol, especially those that are recovering and trying to gain control, they can inadvertently slip back because they'll, their body will detect that alcohol and they'll say, oh yeah, mm -hmm. let's just keep going. Oh yeah, that flavor is great. But in fact, what they're doing is inadvertently putting alcohol back into their system. And so I, I would ask your listeners just to look out and read the ingredients on every flavoring they, they want to put in their beverage, because there are some out there that are very high in alcohol, 83%. By the time you put a bunch of drops in there, you're putting maybe a quarter shot or a half shot of alcohol in. Yeah. And, and I think you're pointing out something really important about this emerging non-alcoholic beverage movement and non-alcoholic movement as a whole is that I think a lot of people are wanting a wide variety and it just doesn't exist. So then they'll take personal measures to try to create that oh, yeah. flavoring. And it's coming. I, I And I think you pointed out something really important is that I, I, I talk to so many people who are any fans and they're like, when is this and this going to come out? But I think we're building this really solid foundation of the core flavors and products that's going to allow brands to build a sustainable business and then also the opportunity to create other different types of flavors in the future. Exactly. And it's just like the craft beer movement. If you look at craft beer, when it really hit its heyday, and in Blue, when I launched Blue Moon in 1995, a lot of people, it's not me, it's usually the press. You can go in there and see that Blue Moon brought is credited with bringing craft beer to the masses. And it really kickstarted the craft beer revolution, which people were already starting to explore, but Blue Moon really made it take off. And it was a basic style. And it wasn't until years later that you started getting into these really crazy things, these beers made with all these different ingredients. But at the beginning, it was just basically amber ales, amber lagers, pale ales. What else? I had Belgian white. And then over time, you saw IPAs come in. And then you saw IPAs split into imperial IPAs, red IPAs, white IPAs, black IPAs, session, you name it. And there's all kinds of them. And in the same way, craft NA beer right now is, I think, at the very beginning stages of coming out with these 
basic styles. And then over time, and I'm sure the time is going to be, the timeline is going to be shortened because of experience. But over time, you're going to see an onslaught of really cool flavors for NA consumers that that'll just cause the shelves at, at uh, supermarkets and liquor stores to expand because people are going to be wanting a, whether it's a session uh, or imperial tasting IPA that's uh, double dry hopped, but again, non-alcoholic or a, a really nice imperial tasting stout that's in a, an amber lager that's in a, and you're going to, and I, I should point out that I'm, I'm a beer judge. I've been judging at the Great American Beer Festival since 1993. And there are 91 recognized styles of beer out there. 91. Wow. That doesn't even count the sub-styles because under some of those styles, you have sub-categories. So 91 main categories of beer that we have to judge every year at the Great American Beer Festival and every couple of years at the World Beer Cup. But 91 styles. And if you look at any shelf in a liquor store where the NA beers are, you're going to see maybe four styles, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. which is to me, it's, I'm not going to say it's a disgrace. It's almost a disgrace that there aren't that many uh, styles in the NA category. That's why I think in the future, we'll be able to really expand out the shelves of NA beers so that when a consumer goes in looking for NA beer, rather than being pointed to this little two foot long double shelf, the, the store people are going to say, ah, it's over. It's in that section. And you'll see shelf after shelf of styles of NA beers. That, to me, that's the future. And that Absolutely. that's just the way it's going to be because I think it's we're headed that way based on uh, purely a consumer-driven trend in health and wellness. Yeah. And as we close out the interview, what's your favorite part of growing this new company? What's your favorite part about working? Gosh, for me, it's, I'm a brewmaster. I, I've been a brewmaster my whole life. I've really never done anything else. And for me, it's all about beer. It's fun because in this stage, I've retired from my previous life as a an alcoholic brewmaster and now uh, making non-alcoholic beer. It's fun to actually make the beer and get out and see the joy in people's faces when they taste it. And they say, wow, that tastes just like beer. And it's also fun seeing the expressions on people's faces when they're let down. They're say, they say, what's so special? That tastes like beer. <laughs> because it's that's exactly what I want them to say is that tastes like beer. By the way, there's no alcohol. And, and it really is fun. To me, it's that joy of seeing the, uh, people's faces when they see that a non-alcoholic beverage can taste that good. And it's also fun talking to people around the world who want to take our beer to other countries. So we've had interest from virtually every continent on the planet where people want to take our beer. So every continent except Antarctica, but I, I suppose we can send some up there so the scientists stay uh, stay totally sober and straight so they can study like climate change and everything <laughs> to make sure that they get all that right data for us. But yeah, it's fun spreading our products around the world. And they're not around the world yet, but we're talking to people and just seeing where we can take non-alcoholic beer, because I think we're in the very early infant stage of NA beer and NA beverages, because again, I, I go to back to the fact that people are driving this, consumers are driving this, your fans are driving this, and it's a whole new trend and it's a lifestyle. It's not a fad that's going to disappear tomorrow, like bell-bottom jeans or something. This is here to stay. And I think when we, if we do it the right way, this will become part of our culture. People will naturally say, 
I can't sleep anymore because that alcohol I was drinking, it keeps me up at night. And they'll say, start exercising or just walking and drink NA products. And that will help you. And as people try it and it helps, I think that's going to be the impetus that really changes our society. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Keith, for taking your time to not only share your experience in terms of growing Syria and creating a very tasty non-alcoholic beer, but also just leading this movement so that, as you just pointed out, this becomes a, an opportunity for people to have this in their everyday lives. Thank you, Marcos. Yeah, it's been fun talking with you. And uh, please reach out to us if you have any questions about our products or if you want to uh, talk about how to make beer, since I'm, I'm a beer scientist, a beer doctor. <laughs> if you have any questions about the technical side, always glad to help. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you feel inspired by Keith's story and are excited about the growth of the non-alcoholic beverage industry. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.